Yes, I'd like to welcome you to the uh, second, technically the second, Crosscut Commentaries radio show. Um, if you had an opportunity to listen to that first one, yeah, I recorded that in a noisy environment with a noise-canceling uh, microphone, and um, pretty difficult to hear some of it, so I might end up um, actually re-recording that. And also, I'm probably going to keep my radio shows to... 30 minutes now. That first one was probably more than an hour. But also, if you see on my YouTube site, um, I am posting the, uh, we do family Bible studies once a week, usually on Saturday. On uh, Sometimes we go through uh, a, a book of the Bible, verse by verse, and sometimes we do topics, and we kind of mix and mingle that. And um, so those are posted. We just actually started yesterday, the book of Romans. Um, and so that's posted up there, and so feel free. And those are usually about an hour long. And um, and like I said, with most of the, most of the time we try and stick to uh, just going verse by verse through a book. But sometimes we do, like uh, a couple weeks ago, we did the Trinity and some other topics the week before that. But this radio show and the um, maybe a few more after this is going to be dealing with a. A particular topic and usually when the radio show will be topical not not verse by verse Bible study but um, this one and the next maybe couple will be on Roman Catholicism and um, and why it's not biblical and any religion that is not biblical is not a true religion and uh, this is a subject that is personal to me um, I live in New Albany, Indiana, and there's quite a few Roman Catholics in this area. Um, I run a lawn care company, and I have quite a few Roman Catholic uh, clients. And also, in my immediate family, um, I have some Roman Catholics. And so, this is an issue I deal with face-to-face -face every day. Um, and, I mean, in particular, I'm not going to get too much, at least today, into uh, a lot of the uh, specific dogmas about the Pope the papacy, the, the Marian doctrines, and um, the mass, and other things that I find to be unbiblical. Um, but today I'm going to focus primarily on uh, the issue, the root issue of any false religion, regardless whether it's Roman Catholicism, Mormonism, Islam, any religion that teaches that you have to earn your salvation, that you have to, in some form or fashion, some percentage, uh, bring your own merit and your own works to salvation. And that is the root of every false religion. There's only one true saving religion and that is the Bible and its gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone where you, you acknowledge your sinfulness, you hate your sin and you turn to Jesus Christ and trust in His perfect life and His death for your sins completely and totally is is the only true salvation, and it's the only biblical salvation. And while Rome teaches uh, the claim that they they have that their Bible is their authority, they also have tradition that can and usually does trump uh, Scripture. But they, all those issues, I'm I'm really kind of kind of kicked to the side at least today, and I want to deal with the heart of the matter when it comes to why I believe Roman Catholicism, along with any other false religion where it uh, roots from and that is the teaching that Rome has since the Council of Trent dogmatized the fact that 
if you even if you say that you are justified by faith alone in Christ alone by grace alone you're under their curse you're anathematized by the Roman Catholic Church and so at the Council of Trent the Roman Catholic Church officially anathematized the gospel of the Bible and that alone in my opinion would be enough to disqualify it as a true religion um, and you'll as we'll learn as we go along here that um, that is biblically unsound and so that's the root issue I want to deal with and uh, you know if you're a Roman Catholic listening to this I pray that you'll just stick with it for a half hour and uh, I'm you know my, my goal here is not just to bash on the Roman Catholic religion but it is to lovingly and kindly but truthfully tell you that the Roman Catholic plan of salvation does not lead to salvation it leads to condemnation and I'll show you why biblically that is the case um, so it, it, when I first heard that you know when I was the first first time when I got saved about 10 years ago and I just kind of naturally assumed anytime I saw the word Jesus that I was, it was a authentic Christian uh, religion um, but then as I learned what each of the so-called churches taught um, I learned that most of you know, a good majority of what's out there that's under the banner of Jesus is not the true and living Jesus of the Bible. And so when I first learned that Rome taught clearly that salvation by grace alone is, is not enough, that, that Jesus Christ of Roman Catholicism, he is not sufficient to save you completely. As a matter of fact, if you believe that, then you automatically are disqualified from salvation according to Rome. And so I was stunned to hear that because I remember, you know, my religion before I got saved was I really didn't have a specific religion. I was just kind of a moralist where I thought I knew I did bad things, but I thought I did some good things. And um, I just thought, well, I just try and stay on the positive end of that. And so um, I was in a, in a, in my own personal, private, works-based religion. And so finally I got saved and came out of that and it was, you know, freedom and understanding the truth about my sinfulness and how everything that I did, even what I thought was good, was really not good. And, and anything that I did do that was good, I did it for my own pride, my own glory. And so uh, there was really essentially nothing that I did to honor God at all, ever, before I got saved. And, um, and then when I found out that a lot of churches, including the Roman Catholic Church, teaches that you have to add your own works to salvation. I immediately realized that it's unbiblical. I mean, the entire book of Romans teaches that salvation is not by works. It is by faith alone. Even it gives examples of going all the way back to Abraham, where he was not justified by works, but he was justified by faith alone. And I know a lot of Roman Catholic um, teachers and apologists uh, will go to James 2, 14 through 24, and, and if you isolate those 10 verses, and you, and you, or actually, if you if you just if you start with 14, it, it clears up the context as to who James is referring to. He talks about he's, he's writing to people who say they are Christians, but they have no works. And then he goes on to say all the way to verse 24. Well, then I'll say to you, um, let me pull that out. I don't want to get the uh, I don't want to get the exact scripture wrong there. Um, but this is this is the only part of the entire Bible that you, if you isolate it from the rest of the Bible 
that you could make it appear, if you just read this verse, that yeah, salvation is not by grace alone, or not by faith alone, but it is by faith plus works. And so and where they'll go to is verse is James 2.24. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, and so they're, wow, you read that scripture right there, you're like, okay, Rom's right. You're not justified by faith alone, but also by works. But you have to see the context of, first off, you have to put in the context of the entire Bible. Okay, as one verse, if you put that against all the very clear verses all the way, like I said, all the way through the book of Romans, about how salvation is by faith alone, in Christ alone. And the entire book of Galatians talks about if you take on circumcision and, 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 and take the stand that you're going to obey the law, then you have to keep the whole law. And we'll get to that point here in a second. But going to James 2, you have to start with verse 14 in the context of what he's writing to. You can't just isolate that one scripture. And what does he say? What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? So you see the context of where he's writing there is he's writing to say, if a person says they have faith but they don't have any works, then they're a liar. And the Bible teaches that all the way through as well. That we're not saved by works, we're saved by faith, but saving faith always produces works. Not that doesn't count for your salvation, it just is evidence of your salvation. I mean, it's clear teaching throughout Scripture that not only are you saved by faith alone, but every single time that you have saving faith, you are going to have works that are the result of the transformed life by the Holy Spirit in the heart. You can't have the Holy Spirit regenerate somebody save them and then have them stay in their sin. It just doesn't happen. The Holy Spirit is powerful enough to get you out of your sin. Um, and so you see if you just take the, the one verse in the entire Bible that you might look at and say, yep, oh, there you go. It teaches you're not saved by faith alone um, but by faith plus works. You can see the context of that. Is, that's not what it's talking about. He's talking about the works of fruit of salvation not the works of earning salvation. Um and so that's, that again, that's in James 2. And you, you start in 14 and goes to 24. Um, and so the next point I'd like to move to is, you know, the, the Bible talks about, um, or a, a point, a true, a biblical truth I really want to take to the heart of a Roman Catholic. If you're a Roman Catholic listening to this, or any other person who's not a believer, um, I try and go to the heart of the issue of God is perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, and he's going to judge everybody by his perfectly holy standard. Not one sin will be unpunished. Okay, The Bible teaches that in, in James 2.10. If you back up a couple of verses, it says very clearly, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point, he has become guilty of all. Why? Because he has become a transgressor. And also in Galatians 3.10, it teaches that um, that all who rely on works of the law, let's say if you're if you're trying to earn salvation through works of the law, are under a curse. Okay, and the, and the important thing is to look at why they're under the curse, and that's the end of the verse. Because cursed be everyone. It is written that cursed be everyone who do not abide in all things written in the book of the law. And so the two words you want to focus on there is abide in all. That means you have to continually obey all. The works of the law if you are trying to justify yourself by the works of the law and so and that's just two verses of very many of many that teach clearly that God requires perfect obedience and in order to be right with him you have to have perfect obedience and of course that's the whole message of the gospel that Jesus Christ lived the perfect life 
and then he died for your sins you know and you you accept his work on your behalf because your works are not perfect you're very far from them as I talked about with myself and it, and it applies to everybody else who's an unbeliever even the good things that an unbeliever does is sinful because they're doing it for their own pride they're doing it to puff themselves up to be known by other people or just to just to puff up their own heart inwardly and so even a good deed done by an unbeliever is wicked at the core because they're doing it to for their own glory not for the glory of the God who created them and gave them the breath to do the good deed they just did and so you know when I'm evangelizing and talking to people you know I always ask them if you know if they were to die and stand before a holy God because one day they're going to stand before a holy God and they're going to be judged they're going to be judged you know in one of two ways every single person either according to Christ's perfect works or according to your works and you know I've, I've noted to people the book of the, the book that you don't want to be in in Revelation is the book of works that's the one that gets thrown into the lake of fire because those are people who will be judged according to their works and if you and, you, and God allows people to go to the white throne judgment to be judged according to their works many people will everybody in a false religion everybody in a self-righteous position when they die and, and believing they have uh, justified themselves will be judged according to their works and um, you know, I just have to be truthful and, and blunt to say that that will end in eternal punishment unless your unless your works are perfect you know I've yet to kind of find one person who would even claim that they live sinless for a day I mean the truth of the matter is even Christians who are born again of the Spirit don't live, live sinless in thought, deed, in works in, uh, for even a minute. I mean, our minds, our hearts are, are just, even even the Holy Spirit indwelled heart struggles against sin. Uh, but the unbelieving heart without the Holy Spirit is nothing, is is always intent, intent and focused on sinful practices. So I know that a lot of times, you know, it's hard to say that to somebody, but it's the only thing that's going to get their attention. That's the truth of the matter is you don't, you won't seek a Savior in Jesus Christ until first you have to understand you need a Savior in Jesus Christ and not a partial Savior. And that's the next point we'll get to here is that when Jesus say, if Jesus, if you want Jesus for your Savior, you have to take all of them. And this is where we deal specifically with Roman Catholicism where they, they don't teach that you're saved by works alone. I perfectly understand that. They teach that you have to be, you're saved by faith and works. And so there has to be a faith there. And there is grace there that enables you to do your works. You know, so I, know, I understand there's a blend there. It's not just an all-works salvation system Rome has. But the point I would, I'd make to you that whatever percentage is yours, whether it be 50%, 25%, or even 1%, or even one-tenth of 1%, is tainted by sin and will disqualify you before a perfectly holy God. And the Bible talks nothing of the sort, nothing of, of um, trusting in Christ and trusting in yourself. It's either you come to Him on your face for complete and total forgiveness of sins, repenting of your sin, and what repentance means, I, sometimes I always want to clarify that, that doesn't mean that you're, you're justified by, by the behavior change that's the fruit of repentance the repentance is the hard issue of you go from loving your sin to hating your sin you go from hating God and yes I'm sorry to say the Bible teaches that if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ and not saved you hate God you may not say that openly but the Bible teaches that inwardly you hate a holy God and so you do the transaction that happens when you do get saved is you go from hating God to loving God and you go from loving sin to hating sin 
still struggle with sin throughout the rest of your Christian life, but your attitude towards it changes. And that's that's what repentance is. Your attitude towards sin change not just a, yeah, I'm a sinner, kind of a, you know, half hearted, you know, acknowledgement that you're you're a sinner. Everybody knows they're a sinner. But you go from you go from uh, like I said, loving sin to hating it, a personal opposition to it. And then you begin to struggle against it. And you hate it enough where you do turn from it. Again, there's always behavior change. There's always fruit. There's always works. that result in salvation. I mean, I'm sorry, result from salvation. And But that's the fruit of it. And the behavior change. You know, if you're an adulterer or, if, or whatever your sin is and you come to Christ, you're not saved by stopping committing adultery. That would be justification by works. But when you get when you acknowledge in your heart that you're a sinner worthy of wrath and you begin to hate that sin, that's what repentance is. And you turn to Christ, begging him. A real good example of salvation is the, is the tax collector in the temple where the other guy is saying, well, I thank you, God, that I'm not like that guy. And that guy was beating on his chest, saying, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's what repentance looks like. Broken, humble uh, man before God asking for forgiveness, not based on anything they bring to the table. And so, but that heart issue of repentance always does result in a change of behavior because you hate it so much that you do stop it. You know, anybody that says they hate their sin and then they just continue to live in it boastfully and they don't hate their sin. They're just saying that. And so, but, you know, back to that point of where if you, if you, um, if you, if you claim that you have to add your own merit, whatever percentage you add is tainted by sin. And will be and will disqualify you. And I think a, a good verse that I like to go to here is uh, to talk about the exclusivity. That's what I'm talking about here. The, the the exclusivity of grace and works. They're they're exclusive. They can't be mixed or mingled because they're, they're contradicted terms. Grace means mercy. And if you if you believe that you're 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 saved by works in any form or fashion, that's not mercy. You're owed that. And so God is either merciful to you. Or he owes you something. Those two things, you know, if you get grace, you get something you don't deserve. But if you if you think that you're earning salvation, then you you believe just by definition that you've deserve that you deserve what you're getting because you've earned it. You see, those those terms are contradictive. Grace and works on a on a, on a salvational level. And I usually go to uh, Romans eleven six where it says, "But if it is by grace." It is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. And so you see what they're saying here is, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that if it's on the basis of works, then it's not, no longer on the basis of grace. Because the, the grace would be no longer be grace. It is say mercy is, is unmerited. And if all of a sudden you say, well, it's by works, well, then you're saying it's merited. And so those two things are, those two um, concepts are, are contradictive. And there's my essential root problem with the Roman Catholic religion is that they teach you have to add your own works to grace and faith to earn your, to, to have salvation. Again, I, I would say that if you don't take 100% of grace in Christ, you get 0% of grace in Christ. You get zero. You take all of him for your salvation, or you get none of him. You, you take all of mercy, or you will get none of mercy. And so that is the root issue. And so if you're a Roman Catholic, and you've been taught your whole life, uh, where Rome has taught you your whole life that you have to add your own merit to salvation. I just say, I pray that you'll take a look at your heart. Take a look if you if you, if you strip away the pride and strip away the justification, because everybody can justify their sin. Everybody can say, well, I, that, you know, I did it because of this, or you can find somebody worse than you. 
anybody can find somebody who's more of a sinner than you and you just think that God will grade on a curve and you're going to be okay. Well, again, the Bible teaches that he's going to grade according to his curve, which is perfect righteousness. And that's why everybody needs Christ. Hitler to whoever you want to think of who's a sweet old lady who is a grandmother. They both need Christ. Everybody needs Christ. And so... You know, I, I just pray that that if you're if you're trying to justify yourself in any form or fashion, I just the only the only thing I want you to take from this one show is that if you do that, you have to be perfect. And if you say, "Well, I'll take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of myself," you don't get any of Jesus. That's not the the Jesus of uh, who is not sufficient to save you totally is not the biblical Jesus. It's another Jesus, and another Jesus doesn't save. There's only one Jesus that saves, and that's the Jesus of the Bible. And so I'd humbly say to you that Rome has taken away the only, the only thing that can truly save you, and that's the gospel, the true biblical gospel of Jesus Christ, where you acknowledge your sin, you hate your sin, you turn to Christ totally, trusting in him completely, trusting in his perfect life. When a person becomes saved, they're imputed, they're covered by his perfect life. That's why when he was sent to the earth, the eternal son took on flesh, he didn't just, as a baby, put him up on the cross and sacrifice him for sins because he needed to live a perfect righteous life. He needed to obey the law perfectly in order to have that to impute to people um, his perfect righteousness as well. It's not just a forgiveness of sins. It's also you're, you, you are treated as, as if you have lived perfectly. And so I've heard it said well that, that when Christ was, was crucified, he, he was personally treated as if he had committed all the sins all of your sins, past, present, and future, of anyone who will ever believe. And so all of your sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven if you believe. And also, his, his perfect life is, is reckoned to you, accounted to you. And so God looks at you as if you had lived his perfect life. And that's the transaction that saves you. That's why a, person, a Christian, a born-again person, is right with a true and holy God. Because their sins have been forgiven and they're covered by his perfect life. And so again, you know, I, that is the only gospel that will save, com completely and totally trusting in Jesus Christ. And even you know, if you go into the book of Galatians, um, chapter uh, I believe it's chapter three, where the apostle Paul is writing to this, he's dealing with Judaizers here, okay, and he and he's talking about how that you know, it's another gospel that somebody's come to him with another gospel. Another plan of salvation. Okay, something different than the Bible. And what does he say? I'm sorry, it was chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. There's only one gospel. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And Paul says this, but even if we, himself and his, his, and his, and his evangelistic partners, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a good... So Paul's saying, if I come back to you and you see me in person and I preach to you another gospel, let them be under God's curse. And he repeats it. As I have said before, so I say again now. If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. And so I don't think there's any doubt that the gospel of Rome is different than the gospel of, of Christ in the Bible. And so, like we talked about earlier, where the Council of Trent anathematized the gospel of the Bible, 
Well, the God, through his inspired word, anathematizes any other gospel, including one that would include works. And again, we haven't, we're not going to touch on the, the, the Mass and all the other um, unbiblical practices that Rome teaches, because um, we're dealing today primarily with uh, the position of justification. And so you see there that, that God condemns the gospel of any gospel that's different than the Bible. And Rome condemns the gospel of the Bible. And so right there at its root, you have to choose. You have to choose the gospel of the Bible, trusting in, in Christ completely. Okay, you, sometimes I think, why, why is that so hard? In a lot of, you know, it's, you know as I live my life um, before I became a Christian, and pride. The pride is a hard thing to swallow. It's hard to get to a point where you recognize your sinfulness. And you, because you love sin so much that you you just you justify it and you explain it away, and 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 all on top of that, especially in, in false religions, your your pride is you, that's a hard thing to get rid of because you can't have, you don't get true salvation and pride they're exclusive. You don't get to have Jesus in your own pride. That's kind of what we're talking about here today. You got to choose one. Choose Christ and His work, or you got to or you, and you have to come to the point where you realize because here's the truth of the matter: is everybody on the planet deserves eternal wrath for their life for the for their sinful willful continuous sinful rebellion against the true and holy god and so you know that's the root of what i want to just expose about the roman catholic religion why it's not biblical true christianity right off the bat because they teach that you have to add your own works to salvation and again that's just what we're talking about on a moral level here you know, moral works, you know, and, and, and we'll get maybe in the next show um, or, or a show in the future. I'm probably going to do another one on Roman Catholicism. But I just didn't want to get bogged down in the, in the sacrifice of the Mass and how, you know, we're taught, they're taught, they teach that Jesus Christ is re-sacrificed. The only one th thing I'd point out about that, okay, is how the Jesus of the Bible is the sovereign and living eternal God. Okay, he's Yahweh. Jesus Christ is God. Okay, and 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 in the Rome, in Roman Catholic dogma, according to their um, again their doctrine, that when the priest does the prayer of consecration and, and and changes the bread and wine into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ in every form in every way except how it looks, the Rome teaches. By verse or word by word, that they they have the power to call Christ down out of heaven onto the altar, and the terminology used there is that Jesus Christ, and look it up for yourself, bows bows humbly in obedience to the priest. I mean that's what it says. I have a hard time even saying that because it's such blasphemy, and so I, that right there shows you the clear distinction between the Jesus of Rome and the Jesus of the Bible. If you think the Jesus of the Bible is going to bow his knee in humble obedience to any sinful man, come on. I mean, you need to take a look at that. You need to take a look at that. If that's your Jesus, if your Jesus bows the knee to Mary and, and the priest, it's not a Jesus that's going to save you from anything. It's a, it's a Jesus created in a false religious system. It's a, it's a Jesus created in your mind. And so I just pray that you would truly look into that. Look into the difference of the Jesus of the Bible. The Bible has to be your authority, you know. And again, that's another thing Rome teaches that, that, that their tradition and their interpretation of the Bible trumps the Scripture. Well, the Bible teaches otherwise. 
it's the it's the ultimate authority and that right there you know i would encourage you if you think that there's an authority of above the above the bible then of course you're going to listen to all kinds of false teaching because there's all kinds of different uh, extra biblical sources out there that's going to teach all kinds of different contradictory things but i would just urge you to understand any you know, roman catholic or any anybody in any false religion that the bible is the authority and that, and and that's where that will lead you to the true gospel of trusting in Christ alone. And so I pray that this has been a benefit to you. And again, I pray if you're a Roman Catholic that, that this came across in a spirit of love and humility and kindness. And, and, and truly my, my goal here is nothing but having a heart for anybody who's lost. But specifically in, in this show, the Roman Catholic religion, because it is, is, it's going to end in eternal wrath. If you, if you knowingly trust in the gospel of Rome and if you're trusting in Mary or if you're trusting in the sacraments or if you're trusting in your own merit or if you're trusting in all of those in any form or fashion, it's gonna, you're going to fall short. And so I just pray you'll consider that, look into it biblically, look into the verses we talked about and just read the Bible, read the book of Romans. It talks very clearly about how justification is by grace alone. And you have to swallow your pride, humble yourself, and come to the true and living Christ on your face for the forgiveness of sins. Or, or one day in the future, you will bow the knee to him. And the Bible teaches every knee is going to bow to him eventually. You, so you can bow now humbly for salvation, or you're going to bow later for judgment. And, um, and, he's, the, and, and he's the only one who can save you. And he can save you. He's a perfectly sufficient Savior. He, God, and he's the God-man. He's God incarnate. He is sufficient to save you, and only he is. So I pray you'll look into that, and until next time, I pray in every nation, Christ be known. Amen.